0: DJ and PK, time to talk some jazz, basketball, and a little college hoops as well with Tim Lacombe, former BYU assistant, worked at the U before that, now on the jazz pre-half and post-game shows. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get an iPhone 11 on us when you activate a new line of service for the Flex Lease and eligible trade-in now through December 5. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Tim, good morning.
1: Great to be with you, uh, with DJ and Lucifer. Been a while since we've heated things up.
0: You want to react to that, Lucifer, or no? I'm just gonna let that slide.
1: He's sitting over in the corner with his pitchfork, a slight grin.
2: Well, I'm recording this. Okay, good
1: <laughs> for posterity.
0: Before we get, I to- just heard a little oh.
1: soundbite. So somebody called you guys DJ and Lucifer or something. I liked it and thought I'd use it today. Thought I'd get a little better response so
0: my bad
2: no they'll come a time there'll
0: be payback <laughs> that I always bad. payback always always so is that what happened with the jazz is minnesota the wrong team to show up at the wrong time when the jazz had finally had it you got to bottom out before you bounce back and all that stuff
1: you know I, it's funny because right after the game we talked about it and, and uh with david and ron and i mean obviously i think there's something to the fact that Minnesota's not a great defensive team, but it's still in the way the, the way the Jazz did it. You know, it wasn't that they just continued to kind of try to do it their way. There was kind of a, in my mind, there was kind of a flip that was switched. And uh, they, they definitely started to try to make plays for each other. You know, everybody talks about the blender, but the blender's got to start by somebody making a play, almost give themselves up, get two on the ball. Um, and then move the ball quickly, and that's kind of what they did last night, more often than they had. So it was a it was a great night, and they ended up with getting a lot of the shots that looked like jazz basketball.
2: So I think the thing with Ingles is that his mindset was much different, and he came out right from the start, looking to score, looking to be aggressive, and help his team offensively. You know, I think you can count on him giving. All he's got on the defensive end every night. I don't think that's a question. But offensively, whether it's a form of being tentative or the lineups that he's with, whatever it is, we're not sure what he's going to do offensively. And then when he produces a game like he did against the Timberwolves, well, I would imagine the chances of the Jazz winning are probably over 80%. So with that in mind, what needs to happen to make sure? And he may not have the quality of game that he had against the Timberwolves all the time. Because if he did, then he would be a potential All Star. But what needs to happen for him to get to that level as much as possible?
1: I think you said it. I think his mindset. Um, you know, last night he came out, and, and I think maybe starting has something to do with it. You know, that the whole idea of him kind of sacrificing a little bit for the team may have done something to his mindset. But to me, last night he came out the first eight possessions and took five shots um, and he wasn't forcing things, you know, they were good shots and they're shots that you you want Joe to take and, and so I think just what you said, I think his mindset needs to be one that because he's, he's such a great player that he understands like Joe doesn't really force bad shots, you know, and, and he plays such a great pace coming off the ball screen and he kind of can get guys in the right spots, so I liked his aggressive mindset um, with the ball in his hands to to make a play, which may just take a lot of pressure off everybody else to start a game.
0: I'm of the opinion that he's much better with the starting group than the bench group, especially when he gets to run the pick-and-roll with Rudy. Is that because the other guys are new, or is that because Joe's skill set just meshes with those players who are starting better?
1: So I think it's it's probably a combination of both, but my feeling on Joe is that he, uh, you know, the one thing that he he does a great job at, and Donovan even kind of poked fun at him last week, but talk to when we were coaching, we talked to our guys all the time about coming off the ball screen with a really good pace, um, not have your mind predetermined as, as to what you're going to do. And there was a play in the game last night where Joe came off, got to the lane, Rudy rolled, um, and... You know, easily Joe could have shot a tough, tough floater, um, but instead he waited for Rudy, he waited for the defense to commit, kind of scoop the ball underhand to Rudy for a dunk. You know, and it's just the plays like that, he just has a real great feel for not only pick and roll, but personnel on the Jazz team within the pick and roll. Um, you know, I think one of the things they're struggling with right now is uh, guys like Moutier, for instance, he comes off the pick and roll 100 miles an hour, Hell bent on getting to the rim. When in reality, what your goal should be is come off the ball screen, read how you're being played, you know, by both the different guys involved in the pick and roll, but also where's the help and what can I do quickly to spin this ball so that we can get these guys in rotation. And that's what the whole game's about.
2: So generally, we've seen so far that Conley has been somewhat, if not a major disappointment. What needs to happen? as far as his game acclimating into the lineup when he comes back to make sure he and then obviously the team have the most success that the, that both can have?
1: You know what, I almost feel like, you know, he's had such a struggle shooting the ball um, and and yet still, you know, taking a lot of shots. I almost wondered as he watches this team play, and it might be, you know, having sent for him to take a break and, and sit back and watch just to get everything kind of sorted out. I've been one that said, that career data points will catch up and he's certainly played below what he's done throughout his career but this little time for him to watch might be exactly what he needs to understand maybe this team doesn't even need me to shoot as much or score as much because i've got guys all around me that can do that and just look at the ways you know that he you know using different skill sets you know, certainly got to shoot wide open shots and he's got to push the ball in transition um, but what else can I do to get everybody else a little bit more involved um, and that's what I think needs to happen overall I think this whole where the Jazz are is there's no time, there's not the time to panic um, it's a long season and I know that that's cliche but it's true and really beyond the Lakers and Minnesota everybody else is kind of losing five, six, seven 6, 7 games so Right now, it's just a matter of trying to get your um, trying to get your team to be, you know, just start to function better. And Conley coming in and maybe being a little less aggressive to score and maybe more to make plays along the way. Maybe that'll help some things.
0: Former BYU assistant Tim Lacombe joining us. He's on the Jazz pre half and post game shows. Uh, one thing that's been frustrating with the offense, and you know, they brought in ten new players. It's two thirds of the team. And you probably, as a college coach, go through this more often because the turnover, nobody's there more than four years. And at BYU, you also have guys coming and going with missions. So when you were coaching, did you guys watch the offense run and think, well, that's not what it's supposed to look like? But the players don't know because they haven't been there. And you know, and i wonder if that's what Quinn's going through because last night I thought they passed the ball, they moved. It looked like what it's supposed to look like. And there have been too many games, too many possessions where – too much dribbling, getting in the offense late, not enough passes, not moving the ball side to side, and just it doesn't look right. So, of course, it ends up with a four shot and a missed shot and everyone
1: getting frustrated. Have
0: you been yeah, seeing for sure. that?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I can to- totally relate to that. And, you know, the funny thing about offense itself is there's so many elements that have to be good. But in just watching the difference between the Oklahoma City game, and, and again, we, I use the word pace. But pace doesn't always apply to the guy with the ball in my mind. I feel like Jazz run a lot of pin downs, so Rudy will go down to set a down screen to initiate the offense. And, you know, a lot of times it's bogey coming off the pick off that pin down, and how bogey comes off the pin down really sets the tone for, for how the offensive possession is going to be. If he just kind of allows you guys coming off that thing um, and allows his defender to get through the screen and there's nowhere to go with the ball, well, you're already – Against you know against the clock, but if he sets his guy up and he comes hard off that curl, and he creates an opening for then Rudy to get the ball and Rudy to hand the ball off to Donovan. Now you've got guys in a blender. Now you've got guys behind the play, or you got two on the ball. But if you don't come off, you know your cuts aren't sharp. Um, even simply a pass to the wing and cut to the corner. If that's not sharp and guys aren't getting out of the way. Um, then timing gets you know disrupted, and I certainly believe that's you know that's got to be a frustration for for the staff at times because it's yeah they know how this thing's supposed to run and work, but right now they're just not seeing it all fire, and there's so many different things you've got to do to kind of clean that up.
2: So how much time do you give them before they're hitting their peak?
1: I think, and we we talked about it last night. There was a there was a stat thrown up during the. The game, but um, I didn't realize the next 20 games they're going to play 15 teams under 500, and they're going to play an average schedule in the next 20 of uh, strength of schedule of 30 in the NBA, and then during that 20-game stretch they have zero back-to-backs. So my feeling is over the next 20 games you're going to see um, a, a real shift because I think that the message is clear. The guys were talking about it after the game, and that's such a huge part. You've you got to have a message that you believe in as a coach, then you have to give it to your guys, and then the biggest piece is they have to adopt it. And I think sandwiched, that, that Oklahoma City game sandwiched between Memphis and the game last night um, at Minnesota and the two different results and the two different ways the guys felt after both games, I think that message is coming through. So I think over the next 20 games, they'll uh, you're going to start to see things take over. Guys getting a little bit more healthy, rotation set a little better. Um, but my go- my feeling is over the next 20, they'll make a move.
0: You know, there's always the do you kick them in the butt or pat them on the back? And you saw how Rick Majerus did it when you were in the Utah program. You saw how Jud- I was definitely a pat on the back. <laughs> yeah, right. You saw how <laughs> Juddie and Donnie <sighs> talked to guys. Uh, and then and you're Dickers, and then you're with Dave Rose and you see you know it's different. so you've got all these different experiences and I'm wondering with Quinn right now, if you were Quinn, would you go into a film session and show guys stuff in the Minnesota game they need to clean up? Or would you go in and show them a bunch of good possessions where the ball moved and resulted in a good shot and send it like it needs keep doing this. This is what is going to work. Which way would you handle it going forward? Mentally, where do you think the team is?
1: Um, well, I think they're a mature team, even though they've got a new, a bunch of new pieces. I think their character and maturity is really good. Um, I really watch I'm, games. I'm crazy. I watch the benches and body language. And I have not seen, you know, any concerning signs. I think they've got good guys in, in the right spots. Um, but I still believe there's just like, a, like anything. I think there's, a time and a place for you to maybe ramp up the energy. And I'm sure that's been done. Um, But to me, it seems like one of Quinn's great traits and his staff is their communication. Um, I love to watch during a game as he pulls guys out or timeouts just a lot of one-on-one explaining stuff to guys. Um, So I think this day and age and probably the current NBA there's a lot more showing um, successful possessions, and then trying to tailor your play after that.
2: I'm of the opinion that Mitchell needs to be a little bit nastier. What do you think?
1: Um, you, you said a little bit more nasty. Yeah. Yeah, I think that he's, you know, the one thing about Donovan he's such a good guy.
2: I Sometimes know. more like me.
1: That's, I don't know that he needs to go that far. I mean, we don't <laughs> need to say Rudy and Lucifer. or
0: Running the pick two. and roll? Ha, how would that Rudy not be the best bowler call ever? Rudy and Lucifer going to the right pick now, and roll.
1: <laughs> guarding that Lucifer Rudy pick and roll is straight hell. I'm just going to tell you. Was Jordan you know, a
2: nice guy? Are, Come on.
1: Um, you know, I, I think there's always a level of, of. You know, I think that's one thing I love about Joe, is he seems like a nice dude, but he's got you always got something to say and you know, Donovan's still learning. I, I I don't know if I want to throw one more thing on him because he's doing everything. Like last night was so awesome. The way he kind of decided, you know, he learned from Oklahoma city. He didn't try to force too much and it's a fine line because you need him to force some, um, but you don't want it to get out of hand because that becomes contagious and then it's bar the door. Right. So, um, I'm okay with where Donovan is. I think, that, I think that he's ultimately really competitive, and I love that part. Uh, and that's the part that I, that's really important. He does care what the score
2: is. I say come back after the new year with a Tupac tat on his bicep.
1: I'd go with it. I yeah. mean, I wouldn't. Certainly, I'm, I don't judge. If you want a tattoo, throw it on.
2: Oh, I would judge. I would judge. That would be awesome. It's a new me. A new year, a new me.
0: He's embracing it. Check out
1: Tupac, man.
0: (laughs) He's he's embracing... You realize
1: if P T and I had a show, we'd never talk about anything but stupid stuff that we'd laugh at. (laughs) And everybody else would be like, what in the world is going on in there?
2: Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, that
1: could work. (laughs) I wouldn't rule it out.
2: I've been doing it for 18 years.
1: (laughs) We just got to get DJ out of the road. Any ideas?
2: Get him out of the room?
1: No, just get him out of the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, just put an omelet next Uh-oh. door. He'll be gone. <laughs> get somebody yeah, but only do for,
2: the... oh, only somebody for about... do a
0: little pro bono work for me with DJ there. Only about 25 seconds.
2: Yeah, we'll just yeah. have a, a, conveyor a conveyor belt conveyor of omelets. Belt.
0: Second breakfast is coming. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> hey, DJ, you want to go for a little ride? <laughs> Hop in the back. Fine. The trunk. Why are we going to the Great Salt Lake? Because uh, <laughs> there's uh, some cool alpaca out there. See, this is what it would be. We just got off topic. This is
0: basically it. So now we have to bring up the incredibly obvious that nobody wants to address. Uh, Did they really figure something out, or was this a little bit of fool's gold because it's Minnesota, they lost 10 out of 13, and uh, come on, let's not oversell this.
1: I think they figured something out. Um, The one thing that I really truly believe is that everybody got way, way ahead of themselves. Uh, which happens all the time with fan bases. But um, they went out and signed a bunch of known commodities guys that, like, I guess, Conley more than anything, but I, I do believe that there was a ton of undue expectation put on them to, you know, everybody's talking about them winning the West. And it really was, are the Jazz going to take first or second? And uh I do believe that every season you've got I mean, nobody just flies. Very, very few teams just fly through seasons without a whole lot of hiccups. And I do think that Quinn, as much as it's hard to go through this, he probably loves problem solving as much as every coach. That's why we're all crazy because you hate being in the situation, but you love it at the same time because it gives you an opportunity to do what you do. Um, and I do think he's great at it. Uh, so just some adjustments, guys getting better guys understanding what is ultimately wanted, you know, the whole concept of good to great, um, and just being able to kind of right the ship. And I do think at the end of the day, are they going to win the West? I don't think so. Um, I mean, there's some good teams out there. But will the Jazz put themselves in a really good position for the playoffs? My feeling is yes.
0: Well, I will say that they encouraged those expectations by starting 11-5 and because I didn't think they were going to do that. So... That was one thing. And then I think the other thing is what you said, nobody flies through the season. I didn't know the Lakers were going to do this right out of the gate.
1: No, I didn't either. In fact, you know, in the pre NBA pre-show, preseason show, I was just having to drive around town. But I heard our boy, uh, hands on the radio, pick the Lakers to win the West. And I about drove off the because he was laughing so hard. You know, at that point in time, it was just like, again, I felt like that's what everybody, okay, now they've got AD, which... I understand, like, the guy's amazing, and they got LeBron, but then what? And uh, I, I did not expect them to be where they are right now.
2: Hey, quickly, uh, as far as the Cougars, I think they're playing better than we expected. I'm wondering it's because it's two things. It's uh, the fact that the guys are seniors, they got better talent, and they're more mature, and obviously they got better assistant coaching.
1: Well, the latter part for sure. Um, you know, it is it was an absolute – Crap show over there last year with the the assistance from what I understand, yeah, just insider knowledge <laughs> um you know kamard was just horrible, and <laughs> I think the Lacombe guy was solid, but he was constantly trying to get Kamard to do the right thing, so
2: good luck on that
1: um no in on, in all honesty, man, I'm telling you right now this BYU team's playing is good as b a u basketball played in years yeah. and. I think that it's exactly what we're talking about with the Jazz. It's and Coach Pope and his staff have done an amazing job of basically what we're talking about with the Jazz. Every single guy just doing what they do really well, and no one gives uh, any kind of no one cares who scores. No one cares, but but as a collective unit, they want to win. And I'm telling you, once you get to that point, it's so fun. Because watching this BYU team has been so fun to watch. It's been interesting because, you know, we recruited all those guys and kind of watched them grow. But then it's to be away from it and just flip it on TV and watch them. And I can't, you know, at this point in the season, I can't give Coach Pope and the the staff enough credit. I think they've done an amazing job of getting this team together. But also the credit goes to the players because those guys are They're tough, they're battling, Um, you know, they've stepped up their game defensively. But the most important thing is they're playing really selfless basketball, and they make it look easy. But that's what happens when you click that threshold of just playing, reading the defense and making them, making any decision they make wrong. because that's what you can do in basketball. It's just like, you know, checkers or chess, It's a numbers game. Um, they, They really have a great flow to them and a good pace to them in the last two games. Like I say, I don't know that I've seen BYU play that well in quite some time.
0: Why is the defense so much better? You had so many games where it had to frustrate you. You give up 80 and you lose. You played well enough offensively. And you couldn't stop anybody. And to beat Nevada 75-42, I couldn't believe the 42 number.
1: Yeah, you know what? A big part of it, too, though, is in my mind, is uh, every single shot they take, um, the guys know it's coming. I, you know, I, I think it comes back to maybe some – some better discipline and shot selection because uh, then you can handle the transition opportunities a little better. Sometimes you get down there and take a tough shot. Guys aren't expecting it. The floor's out of balance. Um, and that happens from time to time. But I agree with you. I just, I just think that the collective mindset to get a stop. Um, and I've been super impressed because a lot of times they're undersized against teams they're playing against, and you don't see any kind of sign of that on the boards at all. Um, they've got a great mindset to kind of gang rebound. So, minus the, uh, you know, I felt like the one game that was a little bit of a hiccup was the Utah game because they really, they kind of had that game in control for a long time and then got away from them, similar to like the San Francisco game for us last year. And it's one you look back on and like, how did we lose that game? But beyond that, you know, I felt like they, we played Kansas, tough, and Boise is a tough place to play. It's mean, always kind of a little bit of flip a coin. Uh, the San Diego State's proven to be a phenomenal team. I think that goes back to the roots of young DJ James, you know, being in the city and getting some pride there in the Aztecs. Um, I like it, but been very, very impressed. Oh, very, I mean, remarkably impressed with what Boise's doing right now.
0: Well, we appreciate a few minutes, Tim. Thanks for joining us.
1: It's always good to be with you guys.